Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. The title of my message tonight is The Thanksgiving Squeeze. Thanksgiving Squeeze. So before I begin, why don't you guys let me pray because I need it and so do you. Amen. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you that we all get to come together just to bless your name. God, to praise you. Lord, it's such a privilege to do that. Anytime we get to do that, Lord, we are honored and privileged to do so. God, I just pray for all of us tonight, God, that this word, this message would encourage us, that it would strengthen us, God, but that it would um, challenge us in every way we need to be challenged, God, and stretch us too. Uh, So Holy Spirit, help me to preach it real good so that it will bless all your people. God, uh, we just pray for self-control tomorrow because we know we're going to need that. And... um, Lord, we're asking that you would just please, 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 please do something to help the lions defeat the eagles so that uh, us Michiganders could have a better Thanksgiving. We ask all this in Jesus' name. All the Lions fans said, amen. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that there's, uh, there's two kinds of love? There's, there's man's love and uh, there's God's love. Man's love is kind of like a what have you done for me lately. It can be kind of a performance-based love. You know, a what have you done for me lately? I love you because you did this for me. God's love is unconditional. You know what I'm saying? God's love is not performance-based. How many of you know that we need to love the lions with God's kind of love? (laughs) Could you imagine if we love the lions because of their performance? I am becoming convinced the longer I'm alive that Only the Spirit of God at work in us would keep us Lions fans. Come on now, somebody. They are, I'm not even going to go there. But anyhow, had nothing to do with my message, by the way. What is this? What is it? You sure? You think so. That's a good answer. You think so. That's good because I don't think you can actually know if this is an orange or not, probably because you know, I'm, I'm a long way from you guys, but, you know, I think this, this looks like an orange, right? Smells like an orange. Somebody said it's fruit. We're just generalizing now. That's, that's good. Uh, it smells like an orange. It actually feels like an orange mark. Ooh, caught it. Give him a hand. That was good. Come on, Calvin Johnson. More uh, Golden Tate size. I'll one-hand it, though, you know. Um, how do you know that it's an orange, though? Are you sure? You are. It's interesting. I don't think you can be sure. The only way that you can be sure is to actually get inside of this thing, right? And then do what to it? You got to squeeze it, right? And I'm getting this all over my suit. Honey. <laughs> she told me to do this, by the way. So I'm squeezing this. And what am I getting? Let me taste and see if the orange is good. It's an orange. I just figured it out. Because I squeezed the orange and whatever was inside the orange, orange juice came out because that is what is in an orange. Same principle is true about us. Whatever is inside of us will come out. Now, <laughs> that was the halal, you know. <laughs> By the way, halal is where we get the word hallelujah, so feel free to shout me down if you need to tonight. 
But, you know, you may look like a disciple of Jesus Christ. You may walk like a disciple of Jesus Christ. You may talk like a disciple of Jesus Christ. But how do we know? How do we know? Well, when the pressures of life, life are actually squeezing us, friends, whatever is inside of us is going to is gonna come out. Now, last night, my wife, my three kids and I, we watched this this movie called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Anybody seen that movie? Yeah, and if you haven't seen that movie, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you, see it. If you got some time this holiday weekend and you got kids or you, you, maybe your grandparents, watch it with your kids. It's a family-friendly movie, amazing movie. The gist of it is that this kid is always having bad days, bad days, and then on his birthday he gets this little cupcake sundae and he puts a candle in it and he says, I just pray that they would have a day like me for once. Wakes up the next day and the whole family is having this horrible, horrible, very bad day. Uh, and... I'm going to read you a scripture now out of Acts 16, and we're going to be talking about Paul and Silas. Now, I'm going to, this is a lengthy portion of scripture that I'm about to share with you guys, okay? But here's, here's the good news. Nobody has ever OD'd on scripture. Do you know what I'm talking about? And why do drugs when you've got the Holy Spirit in the Bible? Come on, somebody. Some of you can relate to me tonight. Come on. So I'm going to read that to you right now. But Paul and Silas are having a... Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, and we're going to find out why. One day, as we, this is Paul and Silas, were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her master. See, she was owned by some of these other guys, and then uh, she, she would make money for them by telling fortunes or fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now, this gal was shouting praises of Paul and and, and Silas, but she wasn't shouting their praises uh, uh, for for good reasons. She was actually trying to expose them, I believe, so that they would be... that they would get arrested. That's what, that's what I think it, they were, she was doing this for. So verse 18 goes on. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, please notice he says this not to the girl, but he says this to the spirit inside of the girl. He says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly the spirit left. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered So they grabbed Paul and Silas. They dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. So now they're in front of everybody in the whole city. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. And now they're teaching customs. This is what they're saying. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. So this mob quickly forms against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Now, when you get stripped naked and beaten with wooden rods, how many of you know you're having a, a terrible, horrible, very, like, no good, very bad day? Come on, somebody, right? So it's getting worse. And by the way, it, does, it gets worse. They were severely beaten, and then they get thrown into prison. The jailer, now this is the head jailer that they're talking about, was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon, which is the maximum security cell, and they clamped their feet in the stocks. Then, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying 
and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were, everybody say it with me. They were listening. Notice how everyone around them, everyone in Paul and Silas's immediate sphere of influence was taking notice and they were listening to what Paul and Silas were saying, these two followers of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something, friends. Right now, more than ever, people are watching you and they are listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth, especially when you're going through some junk. And when you're squeezed, whatever's inside of you is going to come out of you. We need to remember that we are the walking, talking representatives of Jesus Christ to a world that does not understand him. So what's coming out of us when we get squeezed, when the pressures of life are on? What is coming out of us? It's so amazing to me that all the ears of these prisoners, even the jailer himself, are on Paul and Silas. And what were they doing, by the way? They weren't moaning and groaning. If anybody had a right to be moaning and groaning, it is Paul and Silas. And what are they doing? They're praying and they're singing hymns to God. They're singing to him. You know what song I think that they were singing in the jail? This is when I believe this particular song was written. This is just my opinion. It's not in the Bible, okay? I think it was the great I am. Y'all familiar with that song? There's a part of the song that goes like this. The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee. Help me out, Ken. At the mention of your name, King of Majesty. If you know it, sing. There is no power in hell or any you can stand. Sing it. Before the power and the presence of the great I am. Come on, somebody. You know why I think that they were singing this? The next verse says this. Because suddenly there was a massive earthquake. The mountains shake before you. Come on. And the prison was shaken. Oh, come on, somebody. Help me out. No, no you're not with me. I'm going to keep going. Okay. But listen, it says this. You know, it, it says that the prison was shaken to its foundations. The doors immediately flew open and the chains of some of the prisoners, no, 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 no. The chains of every prisoner fell off. And by the way, you too were one held prisoner in a prison that you could not see. And then all of a sudden, Jesus showed up in your life, and guess what happened? All of the prison doors in your life flew all the way open, and all the chains fell off. Come on, somebody. Can you be thankful for that tonight? Yeah, we can give thanks to God for that. But I think it's also cool, too. This is crazy to me. I think it's also cool that every prisoner, every prisoner, all of their chains fell off. Everybody's door flew open. God is so ridiculously good that he's just like, you know what? I'm going to help out every single one of these prisoners. You know what? They don't deserve it, but I'm going to do it anyway. He freed all of the prisoners. Is there anybody in here who got something that they did not deserve from God in their lifetime? Every single one of us is called grace. Amen. That's exactly what happens here. Then this is what happens. The jailer wakes up. He sees the prison doors are wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew a sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop. Don't kill yourself. Now listen to me. If you're here 
and you have been contemplating killing yourself. Listen to me and listen to scripture. Stop and don't do it. Paul goes on to say this. We are all here with you. Friends, we are in this together. We are in this together. And by the way, if that's something that you are contemplating tonight, there is a solution and there is an answer and his name is Jesus Christ. He goes on to say this. We're all still here. Don't you dare do that. So this guy pulls his sword and he's about to kill himself. Stop, don't do that. We're all still here. Chill out. He calls for the lights, the jailer. He runs into the dungeon. He falls down and now he's trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, guys, what must I do to be saved? And they replied this. Jump through a whole bunch of hoops. <laughs> go to catechism. Go to do this. Go, you know, come, come to our, you know, I ain't going to go there. Okay. It's super simple. I love this. It says, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus. Friends, that's the answer. And you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Everyone in your household. Now, that word household is very interesting as I studied it. In the Greek, it's the word oikos. The word oikos. And now, it does include your immediate family members, your, your nuclear family, but it's much bigger than that. And I love how Paul just says, you know, he's got a chance to, for this one guy to give his life to the Lord. And he says, no, 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 I'm thinking bigger than that. You can get saved, but your entire oikos, your entire sphere of influence is what that word means. You see, listen, oikos means your immediate family. It means your relatives. It means your friends. It means the people that you work with. And it means your neighbors. It means everybody in your sphere of influence. Listen to me. Jesus saved you, not just for you. Jesus saved you so that you could reach those in your sphere of influence with the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? And listen to me. Every single one of those people in all of our spheres of influence are watching us. They're listening to us. They're listening to what we say. And everyone in your sphere of influence that is close to you, you can't run and hide from. They know what comes out of us when the squeeze is on. And listen to me, this is the most beautiful part about it because Paul and Silas are praising God to the extent that it becomes so attractive in the midst of one of the most dire circumstances you find in the Bible. These guys are basically sitting on death row and they choose in that moment to, to pray to God, to thank him because whatever is in us comes out what was in their heart. An attitude of gratitude was in their heart and they couldn't help but pray and thank God. Then they start praising and then this happens and guess what? This jailer comes running in and says, I don't know you, but I want to know your God. And they tell him, oh, you can know him. You just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your entire sphere of influence. So here's the question. It's really simple tonight. When you're squeezed, when the pressures of life are on you, and you, and you, what comes out? comes out 
I'm going to finish with a, a scripture that maybe we all know and maybe some of us don't, and that's all right, but it's an amazing scripture. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, and it says this. Always be joyful. When we are squeezed, joy should come out. Never stop praying. When we're squeezed, prayer should be coming out of our mouths. Be thankful in all circumstances. What it does not say is be thankful for all circumstances. I promise you that Paul and Silas were not thankful for their circumstances, but they were thankful in the midst of their circumstance. And when they praise to God, praise will always change your perspective, friends. Thanksgiving changes the way that you see things. Guess why? Because thanksgiving and praise are a form of worship and we always become like the one we worship. And how many of you know that the one that we worship, his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So when we start praising and worshiping him, we see from a different vantage point and it changes the way that we think internally and when you change the way you think internally it will change things for you and your sphere of influence externally come on somebody that was better than some of y'all I mean that was that was pretty good that's it what comes out of you when you're squeezed because someday I promise you this if you will just outlast your critics. I got that from Pastor Dwayne. I stole it too, but at least I acknowledged it. Come on. <laughs> when the squeeze is on and your sphere of influence is watching you, one day, one day, those in your sphere of influence that do not know Jesus Christ will see how you live, they see how you walk, they see how you talk, especially when the pressures of life are there, and they're gonna come to you and they're gonna say, I don't know a whole lot, but I know this. You are attractive. There's something about you that is different and I want to know your God and you're gonna be in a position to say something. Well, good, because you can know him right now. His name's Jesus Christ and he is the savior of the world. And all you gotta do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he died for you and you can have a relationship with him. It's going to happen, friends. And by the way, that's the best type of evangelism that has ever been known on this planet. Oikos evangelism. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity, God. Thank you for these people. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you help us to live this way. In Jesus' name, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ and you're ready to follow him with your life, I'm gonna give you that opportunity and I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand because God already knows that you're gonna make the decision but because he knows your heart. But he said this, Jesus says this in the scripture, if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. If that's you, you're ready to have a relationship with the Savior of the world tonight. I want you to be bold right now and simply raise your hand in the air. Raise it up. See those hands? Awesome. Is there anybody else that I'm not seeing? More importantly, God sees your hands if I don't. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Father. Let's repeat this simple prayer after me. Jesus, I believe that you are Lord. I make you my Lord in this moment. Come in and renovate my life. Holy Spirit, change me from the inside out. I love you. 
and I'm going to live the rest of my life for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. We all together shouted, amen. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.